Um, by the way, it's officially your 9 a.m. hour here on the West Coast. Welcome to 49ers Wake Up. Damon Bruce and Larry Kruger with you, brought to you by Palmetto Superfoods. Go get yourself an acai bowl, several locations. DBLK15 is the promo code. Uh, you want to give them the QR code. There it is. Larry is making it flash for you. Scan that right now. Go ahead and get yourself off to a really good week with a delicious, nutritious start to your day. It's a great substitute for that fattening dessert you might have had it's absolutely delicious larry and i are hardly guys with runners bodies <laughs> we uh we're trying we're trying and the acai bowl will help us get there thanks so much to palmetto superfoods for being the premier and only title sponsor we have here on 49ers wake up a show that's truly disrupting uh morning shows here in the bay area uh it is great to have you here it is great to see the 49ers off to a perfect 4-0 start and again christian mccaffrey yesterday larry four touchdowns that's a career high for him mccaffrey and tevin coleman believe it or not are the only 49ers who've ever had three rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown days in a Niners uniform. His three touchdowns in a half were the first time in his career he scored three touchdowns in a single half. It's also his 12th career game with at least one rushing and one receiving touchdown, which is now tied for the second most such games of all time, Larry. Marshall Falk had 15 such games. McCaffrey also became one of four NFL players in the Super Bowl era to post 70 or more rushing yards, three or more rushing touchdowns, and 70 or more receiving yards with a receiving touchdown in the same game. The other guys are LaDainian Tomlinson, Clinton Portis, and Sean Alexander. You know, we're talking about guys who were the best at their position when they were playing. Uh, McCaffrey has passed Jerry Rice for most consecutive games, playoff included, in 49ers history with a touchdown and now at 13 games, and he is three games behind Rice for the regular season only record of consecutive games scoring a touchdown. He has been remarkable. He is the reason why Kyle Shanahan, I think, has just had that, you know, noticeable strut about him since he got the guy that opens his offense more than than anyone else. And again, they put up 35 yesterday. Uh, the, let me ask you this, Larry. Yeah. Was Debo Samuel a decoy? Was he defended well? Was he out there to serve a purpose of distraction? Did he play through an injury and get just three carries for his efforts? Yeah, I mean, you know, Debo took one for the team. He was less than 100%, and he knew that, you know, Jawan was out, and he knew that if he was out there and, and um, you know, running around, that that in and of itself would draw attention. He took one for a team. Debo's a warrior, man. He is a warrior. And, he, you know, he was battling two injuries. Um, and, you know, they're you know, what the Niners wanted to do yesterday was – Win the game, win it impressively, and freshen up Debo for Dallas and for the games coming up. And, you know, so Debo's got a rib injury, but he's also got a pretty painful, I think, kneecap bruise. He banged that knee pretty hard on the Giants' sideline in the first quarter of their game the week prior. And I just think that, um, you know, he he was a guy that, that sat out some practice and he easily could have sat out the game. But as I said, he's a warrior. So it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be out there for my teammates. He's a leader. I mean, he is one. There are – this team's got a few tone setters. Fred Warner's a tone setter. Trent Williams is a tone setter. But Debo is also at the top of that list. He is a true tone setter. And he just wanted to be out there. But I'm sure um, Kyle said, hey, look, you know, let's – we're not going to – this is not going to be a beat-up Debo day. We're going to spread the ball around to other guys. So you saw Ray Ray more involved. You saw Willie Sneed out there. You saw, um, you know, Brandon Ayuk as the primary. Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell. He, Ronnie Bell's a hell of a player. He got a touch. Um, so, yeah, they spread it out, and now you've got Debo another week to to rest up that, that uh, you know, those two injuries and get ready for Dallas. So, yeah, um, that, that had nothing to do with, oh, Debo was slowed down or anything. Debo's in the best shape of his life, and the one thing that was clear this summer is that CMC, Ayuk, and Debo are all 
on you know career year type trajectories, and that's what has made this offense that and the emergence of Brock Purdy um, have made this offense almost the equal or maybe the equal, maybe even better than the Niners on the other side of the ball. Um, and now I guess the, the the big question is, you know, can the Niners stay healthy? Can they, you know, they're right now, everybody notices they're a great team, but they're going to be talked about a lot after next week. Next week is national TV, Sunday night football, and the Dallas Cowboys. And when the Niners win that game, they're going to be the story, um, not just on 49er Wake Up next Monday morning, but nationally on uh, on all the shows. On you know, they're going to be it's going to be Niner, 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 and right. people will be pointing will be ahead. Out. What's that? The secret will be out. <laughs> the secret will be out, and they'll be uh, they'll be talking about Niners Eagles coming up in whatever week thirteen or whatever it's going to be. Um, but uh, to me, I think we could peek ahead and start to because now i mean look at it it's october the second we are about three and a half weeks away from the nfl trade deadline and you're going to now start to hear about all these different guys who are going to be potentially traded around the league and the 49ers have the second most cap room and they have a full complement of draft choices and they are firmly inside their super bowl window and John Lynch has has said it concretely that their preference is to roll a lot of that cap into next year to sign IU, try to keep the core together, but make no mistake about it, they're going to make a move before that trade deadline to add to their Super Bowl equation. And now, and I'd love to see your guys' comments in the chat. Um, if you could add one piece to this puzzle to get the Niners over the top and do what they have not done in 28 years, what would you do? Or maybe 29, actually. Well, let me uh, ask, What would you do? Let me ask you, Larry, because let's start with the two points where, I mean, glaring weakness might be a little over-exaggeration, but a weakness at right tackle, a weakness at corner. You know, Ambry Thomas had a couple of bad plays yesterday. Michael Wilson with the longest offensive play of the afternoon until, uh, what, Dobbs found Hollywood Brown for a 41-yarder. But Ambry Thomas let up a little bit at the end of that first half. And I, here's the thing. I don't even know if Ambry Thomas let up. Like, cornerbacks get beat. Cornerbacks give up plays. You just got to go and play the next one. I don't think Ambry Thomas is bad, but he had a circle him game yesterday. And McKivitz gave up the one sack. I didn't think it was a bad game for him, but right tackle and another corner would be at the top of my wish list if you're talking about an in-season trade here. You know, the thing about it is I, I, I agree with you, um, but I don't, you know, this is why the, the, the Trent Williams trade was such a phenomenal trade for John Lynch because you just can't find good tackles. And if a team has a good tackle, they ain't trading them. Um, I, I would be shocked, totally shocked, if any NFL team traded a top-tier offensive tackle. I don't I don't think it's possible. In fact, that's one of the questions of, you know, T-dubs is Lael Collins. Lael Collins is, you know, um, a good tackle prospect as far as, you know, um, you know, he's a good he was a good player, but he's had a lot of injuries. And I don't know that you're going to be able. I don't know that he how good he is right now. Right, Can he is available for you. Yeah, um, but I mean, people said, "Oh, Tristan Wirfs. Tampa's not trading you, Tristan Wirfs. They're, they're three not. and one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not trading you, Tristan Wirfs. Baker Mayfield uh, reborn down in that offense. They're not trading him. Mike Fuss is trade for Mike McGlinchey. I know you're <laughs> joking, Mike. I know you're joking. Look, we got people doing material here. Um, no, but I, I would say that I would say offensive tackle. First of all, I love. Uh, Colton McKivitz, and I really believe in him. Um, we're going to have a much better feel for the competency of Colton McKivitz in the playoffs after his date next week with Micah Parsons. When we see what Colton does or doesn't do with Micah Parsons, and I'm going to sit down with Colton this week and talk to him and talk, get, I mean, that's get what his he, thoughts. He needs help the same way any tackle in football needs help against Micah Parsons. 
It's Michael, right. Pars- Michael Parsons, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa. Those three guys, and I guess after his six-sack game yesterday, we'll put Khalil Mack back there for at least a week or two. Uh, you know, I mean – this is these are the best of the best pass rushers. Trent Williams has his hand full with Micah Parsons. So Colton McKivitz, give him help, give him a chip, give him use check lining up on his side, give him George Kittle, have someone always standing on Brock Purdy's right side, maybe not giving him that, you know, get out safety valve, but leaving him in there for the blitzer that is coming. Oh, speaking of blitz, I've been, I've been meaning to ask you because I, I, I have not rewatched the game yet. I had kids hopping off the the walls last night bath night sunday night it's it gets nuts larry um <laughs> i've been there you're talking to a guy who's got has four kids exactly you understand i, I have a two touchdown day you've had a four touchdown day i don't have to explain <laughs> it to you and if my wife is watching this she's like i did all the bathing i all right all right honey all right pipe um, down over there did did the 49ers send a single blitz at, at dobbs yesterday it didn't yes. feel like they did. It, it they did. really okay. So if they did, it's a single digit number, right? I mean, they were going with four or five down D linemen all day. Maybe there was some stunting, but I did not see Warner Greenlaw take that real shot. Uh, I didn't see Hufanga. I didn't see anyone coming off a corner. Um, and maybe I missed it again. Maybe I was looking down and making notes when that happened, but uh it didn't seem like a day where Wilkes was extra aggressive with the blitz package. No, but he, he, you know, Steve is, I, I'm really impressed by Steve, uh, because he, he understands, you know, he's got, he's blitzed a lot in his previous stops, but he understands obviously the dynamics of anytime you blitz, um, you're leaving yourself, you know, um, open on the back end. If somebody can, you know, can take advantage of it. He did bring a couple of uh, six man pressures that I saw where he brought literally the house on Dobbs on a couple of key downs. Um, Dude, Jamon Kinlaw's playing so well. I'm really happy. Kinlaw's playing well, but I mean, the, he'd Steve brings some timely blitzes, but he didn't blitz a lot. And I asked him about it this week. I said, Steve, you, you saw the film in week two, the Giants had a huge second half against Arizona. And they totally shut down Dobbs after Dobbs lit them ablaze in the first half. And they did it by Wink Martindale bringing exotic blitzes. And I said, Steve, you got to get pressure on Dobbs. You saw what the Giants pressure did to him in week two. But at the same time, you have to play conservatively on the back end because the Cardinals have explosives for days. And how are you going to do this? And he's like, I think I can get there with my front four. And we're going to have to get there most of the day with our front four. Um, and then as you as you said, kind of play conservatively and make them keep their explosive playmakers in front of us. They did a really good job of that for the most part. And that was the game plan. Um, you know, play conservatively, give those guys some room underneath, drop guys into coverage and make Dobbs be accurate make him throw it over the top of the linebackers, but in front of the DBs and make him thread the needle, make him show that he was accurate. And I thought the game plan was genius. Now, um, as far as, as far as back to our, our last question about what would you add? I, I think a corner is a great one, Damon. I think you you pegged that totally right on the money. Um, there's talk that Denver, you know, may, you know, you saw Patrick Sertan's dad kind of show cool. some frustration the other day on Twitter. Sertan would be a phenomenal ad for the Niners. And the one thing about corners is you can't fake corners, but you know, if you don't, if you have them, you have them. If you don't, you don't. And the Niners do, though, have on the you know on the uh, PUP list. They've got Darrell Luter Jr. They like Luter a lot. They also have Samuel Womack on the IR slated to return. So you do have two guys there um, that you like that you know potentially you're going to get back. They also have Kendall Sheffield, who they just signed, and they like Sheffield. He made a great. Uh, special teams play yesterday. Oh, he made a great toe tap and play down at the goal line. Great oh, play. Fantastic. And he also made three tackles yesterday. So I, I'd love to hear, you know, what Steve thinks about the depth, you know, the honest answer on the depth of his secondary. Mooney Ward's battled groin injuries in the past. You know, if he goes down with the groin again, that's a concern. Oliver's playing well. Lenore's playing well. Ambry is a little bit more touch and go. They did sign Anthony Brown. Uh, they've yet to see him on the field. So c- corner would be one spot, but I'll tell you the other spot, 
and I would do it as a block. You know, um, Elijah Mitchell's hurt. We're talking a lot about McCaffrey, but the guy you win Super Bowls a lot of times with the guys who touch the ball. The one thing I might want to consider doing if I was John Lynch at this trade deadline is the block. Dallas is going to be a whole lot better if they get Jonathan Taylor. Miami is going to be a whole lot better if they get Jonathan Taylor. Baltimore, Buffalo, going to be a whole lot better if they get Jonathan Taylor. Kansas City, there's a number of teams out there. Philly, I would almost be interested in a Jonathan Taylor as a block. It's an and I would, I would even be willing to trade one of those backs in a second-round pick. Um, the other name that I, that I think is a really interesting name, always Drip805, who's a great uh, texter on many of my streams, says, go get DJ Reed. I, I like that idea as well. The Jets are not going to be a playoff team. DJ Reed's got experience in the slot and outside. He's tough as nails. He's super cocky. He's a veteran guy. You could probably get him for a fourth or a fifth-round pick. Um, I that that's the guy I'd target right there as a DB. Maybe a cheap trade for a DJ Reed. Maybe a a bigger trade for a Jonathan Taylor, including one of your non-McCaffrey backs, and show up on Super Bowl Sunday with McCaffrey, JT, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Purdy, Bosa, Hargrave, and then get get your get your you know get your get your ring finger sized up for uh, for the for the for the Super Bowl ring. Well, that's what I would do. I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be worried about a single aspect of the future if I were the 49ers beyond this year. Right. I'm going to give you all in all right now. This is all in. This is it. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been afforded the security that comes with that decision. You know, they just got brand new contract extensions. They're not going anywhere. They have, they've been told by the casino your credit goes to infinity. So sit down and gamble. I mean, this is the year to be as all in the every single precinct is reporting. The 49ers are really, really good. So if you can add a guy, look at it this way. You add a guy like Jonathan Taylor, all of a sudden that, oh my God, Christian McCaffrey is out six to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain. Doesn't scuttle the entire year. That's the ultimate insurance package. The ultimate insurance package. To me, a more rudimentary, how do you get better? How do you, you know, how do you improve what might be a perceived weakness is that corner? And I do like the DJ Reed um, suggestion. I'm just, it'll be interesting to see how much the Jets are willing to blow this up. Knowing that Aaron Rodgers is, you know, coming back next year, how much are the Jets really going to use this year to take it apart when they're going to try to instantly put it back together with Aaron Rodgers next year? And by the way, yeah. well, if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, I mean, the, I'm, the, I, you know, the, the I don't, th- I, I think there's 50, I think that's 50, 50, man. I, I, I think there's a chance he rides off into the sunset. That's a major injury. He's is. old. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't even no seem wife, like the kind no of guy wife. wants to grind through that kind of rehab. No wife, no kids. He's married to football. I think he's coming back. Well, you know what? It, you know, 10 years ago, that was a, that was a forget about it. Now with modern medicine, um, Anthony Brown had an Achilles and Anthony Brown played less than a year later. I mean, you saw Dan Marino have an Achilles. He never moved ever again. I mean, he was like, he, he was, he was like in a phone booth the rest of his career. So the procedures in the, you know, modern medicine improves every year. And heck, we now see, you know, Michael Crabtree had a major injury like that. He came back from it. It used to be, man, if you played corner or wide receiver you blow an achilles you're done what's it now it's like hey you know what you're back they lock that thing i've heard a lot because clay thompson had this injury from what i hear once you have a an achilles injury they lock your achilles like they literally put something there to lock it so like you could almost never blow your achilles again um so maybe that you know but i i, I don't think you get the same fluidity the same uh, movement ability. I, I just, you know, it, it's hard to imagine, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that will be, to me, they need corner help and they also could use, I mean, somebody said DJ Jones, DJ Jones is making a lot of money in Denver, but in a lot of ways, the Niners would be unstoppable if they could add a DJ Jones, just because they would have another interior player who just can take away the inside run. 
but I don't know. You know, it's like I, the more I look at it, the more I think um, the more I think corner is the play. Corner Either, is the need. Yeah. Either way. I mean, the Niners or they could do absolutely nothing, just stay healthy and be good enough to win the Super Bowl almost as they are. I mean, that is really what we're looking at. It's a near perfect 4-0 start on a day where Brock Purdy has a near perfect performance. He was 20 of 21 for 283 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. And um, I, I do think that right now it's important to let you know that Brock Purdy hasn't thrown an interception in four weeks of football here. I mean, he is just making the right choice. He's keeping the 49ers on schedule. I think they only saw five third downs yesterday, Larry. That's an, that's 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 a ridiculous number for, for how – much they had the ball and how crisp the offense was moving. I mean, they were, they were first and second downing the Arizona Cardinals to death. And it was, uh, it was, and it wasn't all underneath either. Damon, he took no. shots down the field. He took so, several shots down the field and he connected, you know, what um, I yeah, the he's, biggest play of the game was what's so that? Arizona comes out third quarter scores a touchdown, failed two-point conversion, so the Niners got the ball back and now this is the teeter-totter in the game. This is, you know, they're you're you're kind of going back to level here and the 49ers are either going to score and go back up on the teeter-totter or now they're going to go three and out. Arizona gets uncle momentum on its side by taking a lead of a game they look dead in the water in. I mean, it it could have gone an, another way. The biggest play of the game, Larry, I thought was when Purdy came out and on first down play action to Ayuk for 34 yards right after the Cardinals cut into that lead. And it was Kyle Shanahan just basically telling everyone on the team, in the huddle, and in the stands, calm down. Just calm down. What we're going to do is stay aggressive. I've got a quarterback who's red hot that I believe in. I can run Brandon Ayuk wide open on any football field in America. And I'm going to do it with a little play action. I'm going to do it right here. And we're going to flip the field on the first play of the biggest momentum drive of the game. And I just thought that that was the one moment where Levi's got a little tight and then exhaled saying, all right, you know, we're, we're still in control of this. Arizona, yeah. Give Arizona credit. They've gotten closer. They haven't rolled over to die but we're still in control of this game. And I just thought it got all the momentum back on the 49ers side and all the swagger and all the belief that we got this. And th that to me was the biggest offensive play of the game in a, in a game that was full of big offensive plays for the Niners. Yeah, I agree. Deep corner route, first play of the drive, 34 yards. It was first and 10 from the Niner 25. He finds Ayuk on the deep corner for 34. And all of a sudden the 49ers are on the other side of the 50 and, and rolling downhill to to another score to make it 28-16. Now, you're spot on on that one. And you could feel the nervousness in the crowd and then you could feel oh, that oh, here, we're just going to keep we're going to keep scoring. You know, it's just going to be that kind of a day. I thought that play stood out. I'll tell you the other play that I thought really stood out to me and it was earlier in the game. It was on the 49ers uh second drive and they got to third and 4 at the Cardinal 39. And CMC got stuffed by Ezekiel Turner uh, for no gain on third and four. And I'm thinking to myself, is Kyle going to try to kick the field goal? Some years we've seen them actually punt from this spot. Uh, they got a kicker now who can make it. Instead, he's like, no, nope, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Purdy, a uh, nine-yard pass to Kittle. And it seems like you know, and that was. That was Kittle's only catch, right? Wasn't that his only catch? Yeah, Did he only yeah. have one catch? Um, and, you know, he goes to Kittle for nine yards. Suddenly they're on the 30. Then he goes to, to CMC for another 12 yards. And then um, that was the play before, or two plays before Purdy to CMC hurdled Catrell Clark uh, for the 18-yard it was actually a, a run. It looked like a pass, but it was it was a run because he threw threw it to him behind the line of scrimmage, and that made it fourteen nothing. But yeah, um, you know it was it was two. You know the, the play there that you're describing was a momentum shifter, and it was the one that's kind of said, you know what? Uh, yeah, they the Cardinals got a long score, but the Cardinals can't stop this offense, and 
it just kind of it kind of sent the message that you know what this the car there will be no uh, big comeback there'll be no you know huge uh, you know late third early fourth quarter collapse that's not the way this is going down and I loved it because you know the Niners have had games under Shanahan where they just have not been able to step on their opponent's throat and just say that's it we're going for the jugular and they did right there I thought it was absolutely key let me let me hit a couple of these supers because they're kind of piling up here. Fish and Chips is time to tap out of chatting 49er, of, of chatting forever. Critics every week from so-called fans wanting the perfect game. I will still watch YouTube, but commenting days are over. Okay, there you go. Uh, there you go, Fish King, and Chips. King's Pound was offered up right there. Thank you. There you go. Uh, HR says, congrats, Niners. We learned you can beat four tomato cans. Oh, look at that. Somebody's not convinced. They beat the Steelers in their place. Uh, I wouldn't call them a tomato can. At least I wouldn't say it to uh, Mike Tomlin. Fish and Chips uh, says, uh, here's a couple pounds. R.I.P. Russ Francis. Great tight end. Sad news. No doubt. No doubt. Stephen Pryor jumps in with joining late. But what are your thoughts about only having 10 on the field for the two-point conversion? Oddly disorganized. I, th- I thought we need more cornerback support. I didn't even, uh, I didn't even notice way. that. I, I wrote down four things that I didn't like. Having 10 men on the field is is one of them. Uh, that That's an indefensible position. Let's not pretend that there's any excuse to be made. The good they news still is, stopped them. is they still stopped <laughs> them with 10 men on the field. Thank so, you, Oren Burks. Thank you, yeah. Afonga. Right? By the way, Oren Burks was ornery Burks yesterday. He was he, fired up out there. He, he had one of his more physical scrappy games that he's had since putting on a Niners uniform. Seriously, I got to talk to him this week because I talked to him last week. It's almost like he's a split personality. When you talk to him in the locker room, he's just he's just warm, kind-hearted, you know, underspoken, kind of quiet, respectful. On the field, he's a bad, bad man. But in the locker room, he's very, very he's got a he's got a very soft tone. Scott Fowler says, "I want a." A, a DB, but protecting Purdy has to be number one. Yep, no doubt. And we got this one from Zachary Kelway. People throwing shade at Bosa, not having any sacks. That's idiocy. Yeah. And Nick then Bo- Mark. First of all, Nick Bosa has played himself back into football shape. Um, he is still collapsing tackles into guards, and he's still an absolute handful. There is a clear memo sent around this league you got to get the ball out in under three seconds playing the Niners and give Josh Dobbs credit he was looking for some downfield plays yesterday he had a he had some decent when he had decent protection he used it to seek and hunt the big play sometimes he hit it other times he didn't uh the 40 has also got a streak going Damon where every game that he plays he draws a holding call against him oh and that's just the one they give him Right. I mean, there, there's a guy riding him down to the ground every third snap, and it doesn't get called. It's one of those – it's the Pete Carroll cornerback philosophy. Pass interfere on every play. There's no way they're going to call it every play. And 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 that's how you go about defending Bosa, I think. You hold him if you have to. Grab him and hold him. They're not going to call it every single play, and they call it less on Bosa than it feels just about anybody else in football. But, no, believe me, if you're watching – the 49ers and your big walkaway point was there's something wrong with Nick Bosa. Thank God yeah. Larry and I are here for you. <laughs> I mean, come Thank on. God you are watching 49ers wake up because we are exactly the, the, the antidote to the nonsense that you're being fed by people who just want to scream for attention. So that's why we're here. We're brought to you by the acai bowl at Palmetto superfoods, absolutely delicious, nutritious way to start your day, to end your day. It is a great dessert. It is a great morning boost. It is a great lunchtime uh, option for you. Go get the acai bowl. Just start with the bay. It's their entry point acai bowl. And you'll be very happy that you did. You'll be happy, healthier. You'll feel better. Look at us touting the merits of a vegan option larry i never first of all i never thought we'd be on youtube but here we are then i never ever 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 thought that we would be selling a vegan anything but (laughs) here we are times are a changing times are a changing get healthy get right feel good but this isn't even about that it's about it's great it's delicious yeah i mean you know i i would say 
super fattening I, and bad for you. You should still eat it. Yeah, I mean, go get this not because it's good for you. Go get this because it's great. It's delicious. And then if you, you know, you'll realize it's good for you and you'll feel great, you know, and it will give you the right fuel for the day and it'll put you in the right frame of mind and it's customizable. So it's not like, hey, you got to have this or that. And you got, no. Anyway, you got a special dietary need. You've got an allergy or whatever. They will make these are made to order. I mean, this is this is truly a la carte. And you know, uh, we had one that was kind of their 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 signature. We had the that bet. was fantastic. Um, and I would love that again and again and again. But you know what? I get the feeling that people go there, they start there, and then they start perfecting different things that they really like. So scan the code, the QR code, and you can use the promo code DBLK15, Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger, 15, and you'll get 15% off. So check it out, and you'll love it. You'll love the experience. And scrolling in the bottom of the screen are their locations. Uh, they got a lot of great locations, and um, it's fantastic. And I, I'm out here in Walnut Creek. There's one coming to the Broadway Plaza. I can't wait. Uh, my wife is, you know, very eager to get down there and try it as well. Um, and, you know, Charles is a, is a is a master. I mean, he's an absolute mastermind coming up with this business plan. And you can just see the popularity of uh, these Aussie bowls. They're great for you, but they're great tasting. And this is um, this is the kind of thing you should be putting in your body every morning before you go about your day. Uh, someone says prune juice companies should sponsor Damon. Hey, look, prune juice. There's another word for that. It's called Dr. Pepper. Yeah, we'll take a Dr. Pepper sponsorship. Absolutely. Uh, look, it's wait, a second, wait a second. I get this one, Damon, from Mark Pelkey. He says, Larry, do the Trent Balky voice. You know, I never liked acai, but I started doing a routine with Damon on the radio and not as much with Larry, but sometimes with Damon. And I'll tell you. Even though I'm in Jacksonville, I've called Charles and I'd like him to open a Palmetto Superfoods here in the greater Jacksonville area. Have you tried have, have you tried the dragon fruit? It's the purple layer at the very bottom. It's the dragon fruit. And I keep coming back for the dragon fruit. I tell my wife, honey, I'm going to acai bowls, but I'm going to get extra dragon fruit because I'm a bold general manager who identifies value. There's a lot of value in the dragon fruit. <laughs> you know, Damon, Lowry, I like Greenlaw, I like Warner, but I missed the day of Gerald Hodges, and I really thought we had a good linebacking core, uh, but Lowry always went on the radio and always was ripping us, and Damon, you know, I did that regular hit with him on the radio, and, and he just kind of kept going after me, but I just wanted to say good luck to you guys, and God bless Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> so look, uh, let's because we got about a half an hour left here in our plan of of uh, doing a two hour show every single time the 49ers play. Larry and I are at it 8 a.m. the following day. Obviously, next Monday will be a huge one against the Cowboys. I know Larry and I are going to have a special um uh, let, let's call it a Palmetto preview show. We'll give Palmetto a free day since yes. they are our premier sponsor. We're going to do a little uh, show based around previewing 49ers Cowboys because it is Cowboys week and it's a big week. But today's whole focus is looking back at what we just saw <laughs> and what we have seen, not only in one week and four quarters of football, but over four weeks of football is an exemplary start to the football season. And I love the question that you asked in jest yesterday of Kyle Shanahan. You know, any problems with Brock's one incompletion? And Shanahan laughed, Larry, because he probably does have a coaching point in that one moment. You know, <laughs> Shanahan is always looking for ways to improve and ways to coach. And let me just show you week over week improvement, right? Wait a second. Before, before you do, David, let me share the screen on this one. Here we go. Uh, he was great. He was um, almost perfect. Wait a second. Wait a second. Here we go. We'll start from the beginning. Here we go. Kyle, did you talk to Brock about that one incompletion that he threw today and what he could do better on that? I mean, that's why we punted on that one drive. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, have you ever seen a quarterback go 20 of 21 and your thoughts on his day? Uh, he was great. He was um, almost perfect. Um, that was a third and 20-something anyways, but 
Uh, he was great. Hung in there, made some big throws. Um, a lot of times that defense is real, um, they don't give you the big throws. Uh, so you kind of got to pick him apart. He was very efficient at doing that. And uh, when he had his opportunities for the big ones, and I saw it right, made the right throws. And uh, my guys came down. There you go. A little cow Shanahan yesterday and look, from the presser. Purdy wasn't totally perfect. There were a couple behind the, you know, be, behind the route throws. Um, uh, I thought uh, Mason had a really nice catch on normally a route that is reserved, specifically carved out for for McCaffrey. And you're not expecting Mason to come into the game and and run that route. And they, you know, they they caught the Arizona Cardinals basically off guard. It was a, a an imperfect pass, and Mason went behind him to find it. But Purdy hit a wide open. Brandon Ayuk throughout the game on multiple times. He was he was hitting his tight window throws. It was an exemplary day of offense. And again, improvement week over week. Funny question. But Kyle's always looking for things to coach. And last week, he probably spent the entire week, his 11 days in between games since they played on the Thursday night or the 10-day layoff, was talking about improving in the red zone. Because they failed in the red zone a little bit against the New York Giants, right? They had to settle for more field goals than they did touchdowns. Well, yesterday, the 49ers offense scored a touchdown on all five of their trips to the red zone, Larry. And when they do that, no one's beating them. Um, this marks the most red zone touchdowns in a single game by the team since 2017 and the most red zone touchdowns with a 100% touchdown percentage in a single game since 2013. So, you know, we're talking... 10 years than it's been since the 49ers went a hundred percent on five red zone trips in a single game. That is Kyle Shanahan coaching. That is the attention to detail that he craves as a head coach and just beats into these guys. And it was, it was a near perfect offensive afternoon. Again, Kyle's going to have to make some shit up this week. <laughs> as he's getting everyone ready for the Cowboys. The nice thing, here's the thing. I really do think that Arizona did the 49ers a favor by beating the Cowboys because it put Arizona right back in the center of their radar. There was no look ahead. And Arizona absolutely showed you a little bit of a blueprint. And Kyle's going to follow that blueprint. And part of that blueprint is hitting some big outside runs. And they are lined up to do that with Christian McCaffrey and company. So uh, I like the Niners against the Dallas Cowboys. We'll have a lot more time throughout the week to talk about it, but just a quick look ahead, Larry. I know one of the things that we were talking about on your post-game show last night from the stadium was that, you know, you really do think the Cowboys, as good as they are, they represent a good matchup for the Niners. Yeah. No, the Niners can run the ball in Dallas, and Dallas Dallas's weakness is that they are a one-running-back team. Uh, they used to have Zeke. Now he's moved on. Now they have Tony. <clears throat> they have Tony Pollard and only Tony Pollard. I mean, uh, they use Turpin a little bit. They use Dowdell a little bit. They've got Deuce Vaughn, but um, you know Pollard is their is their back. I mean, he's their one back. Um, and last year you saw, you know, Jimmy Ward take out Pollard in the playoff game. Otherwise, that playoff game could have gone differently. Uh, but Dallas's weakness, I think, is they can't stop the run. Now they're a bully team, so if they get up on you by a couple scores, they got pass rushers for days. And they're going to cause turnovers and sack the quarterback. And, you know, they only had two sacks yesterday on Mac Jones. But, I mean, they got a bunch of guys who can go hunt quarterbacks. I mean, if you look at them, Demarcus Lawrence, really good edge rusher. Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, Micah Parsons, Dorrance Armstrong. These guys can come flying off the edge. And those are just their edge rushers. Uh, Big Osa in the middle is a hell of a pass rusher as well. Um, Dallas is real. But I think they're a bully team. And if you can punch them in the mouth, make them play from behind, make them defend the run, I think you can beat them like a drum. And I think the Niners are going to wind up beating them. I think they're going to run on them and beat them. Uh, it's a bad matchup for Dallas. If Brock can take care of the football, I think the Niners can run it on Dallas. And um, I'm eager to see Elijah Mitchell get back on the field because I think he's a big key next week. Um, he's very tough to, to defend. He's got great instincts as a runner, especially inside. Uh, I think McCaffrey is fantastic on the zone runs, whether it be outside zone or inside zone. And I think you, the Niners can use those two guys and run it at Dallas all day. And I think Dallas, I think Debo is going to run it more next week against Dallas. I think Ray Ray may get a run next week against Dallas. 
Um, I think I think the game plan next week is keep the ball out of the air as much as possible. Run it on Dallas. Make them stay home. Beat them up at the line of scrimmage and get out of there with a nice 10, 12 point victory. Um, you know, so I, that's how steal a possession somehow, some way against Dallas, just keep them down, keep them at bay. Um, and, and it, look, it should, there's no reason to be picking against the 49ers based on what we've seen through the first four weeks. It's just that simple. Well, and here's the question. I think that I think it's a good question this morning is who's, who's the best team in the NFL. If it, is it the Niners? And if it is the Niners, who's second? Is it Buffalo? They just put 48 on Miami yesterday. Um, is it Baltimore? They just beat a good Browns team 28-3 in Cleveland. I'll say one team it ain't. It's not the Bengals. You know, they got smoked. Um, you know, I don't know if it's the Eagles. They were life and death at home to beat Washington. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's like who's the best team in pro football? It's I not I, you know, the Chiefs almost lost to the Jets. Look, it's but I would keep the Chiefs on that one line, and I would put the Eagles on that one line, and the 49ers are probably number one on the one line. So it's it feels like a little bit of a three-team race in my mind. We'll see what the Bills end up doing. We'll see if the Dolphins can figure it out. Um, but it's it's Kansas City's AFC until proven otherwise. I really believe that. And we got ourselves a week 13 date in Philadelphia that could be an NFC title game preview. Look, this weekend at Levi Stadium could be an NFC title game preview. It's it's no time to just start overlooking the Cowboys as some sort of easy win. Uh, they're good. They're very good. So um, I think the Eagles are better. I think the Eagles are better. I think I the Eagles, Eagles can run the ball better. I think the Eagles can stop the run better. Uh, Zach Cunningham has been a phenomenal pickup for them. He had 13, 13 tackles yesterday. We'll see what becomes um, of the Detroit Lions. Let's see what becomes of the Washington Commanders. If you're asking me, like, who are two of the the up-and-coming, got to keep an eye on them teams would be, it would be there. We'll see if Jordan Love can continue to figure it out with the Packers, but I don't think the Packers are destined for greatness this season. Um it's definitely not the Bears. <laughs> Good God. What a mess. By the way, you talk about a roster that could be had. You want to go sifting through whatever you want of the Chicago Bears. That could be a full-on fire sale by the end of the year. Um, it could be a Who do you want? Jalen Johnson, maybe? The the corner? There's no there's no one really I would tell you that that's the there, there's your difference maker for the Niners. I really don't 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 think the Bears have that. Um every team's got talent though, and you, you never know. And it it may not take a monster move to to uh, get the Niners over the top. It may just be a subtle move. It may not take a huge a huge addition. Um, but Jalen Johnson is a really good young corner for the Bears, and and I, I'd gladly take him. Heck, I'll tell you one thing that's happening in Bears land. I think they're getting really close to releasing Chase Claypool. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, I, he, I, he, I'll he, say he, this: he, I would he, take he, Chase Claypool. I would, I, I would, I would sign him, and I know he's had some problems in some spots, but he was a great player at Notre Dame. He started his career hot with the Steelers. Um, I, I, I'd have interest in Chase Claypool. I, I think he's got real talent, and for whatever reason, he hasn't been in the right environment. He, nobody's been able to get it out of him. But I, I really like him. Uh, let me hit a couple more supers here because they're starting to pile up. Brandon F says, Damon, clearly you don't like Grant's takes, but why whine about it? Grant can be childish, but you're sounding almost offended. Looks just as bad. Don't first comment. All, it doesn't no, 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 we don't need to comment. We, we just let, no, no, we'll no, just no, like no. Grampy Grant. I'm not the one making him look bad. Football's making him look bad. The NFL is making him look like he doesn't know what he's talking about and is a carnival barker. It's not me. All right. It's not me. Damon, Damon's thoughts are of Damon's and Damon's only. Steven sees his fantasy question for tonight's game. Do I start? <laughs> do I start? <laughs> Dangland D nuts. Or tuck them. Great. That's that was worth five bucks, Steve. Oh my goodness. I love dick jokes as much as the <laughs> next guy. Thank you. <laughs> we got this one from Drunken Ninja, Larry and D. Bruce. Do you guys think Trey Lance has have any insight um, that could prevent present issues for the Niners? No. No. As far as he's going to what give the Cowboys the inside secrets? No. No. And Indiana Jim says uh, Barbieri interviews Balky. 
you know, Trent, uh, I, I, I've always thought that, you know, you were a very underrated executive and that you always, you like the Giants, but you, you, you know, I like the Giants. I know Tom liked the Giants, but I, I, I've never asked you, uh, do you like baseball, Trent? Just glad that you're I'm just glad that you're you're here doing your thing, man. I, I just really admire the career that you've had. I mean, they call you the razor, and you know, you've always been the razor. And to me, I use a bick, but I'll tell you. Uh, when I think razors, Ralph, I think of you. Trent, you're so cute comparing me to a razor. They always said my voice was like a razor, but I don't, need, I, I don't hear it. I don't hear what you hear. But I just want to say great job in Jacksonville. Say hi to Peterson. I can't believe that Peterson got a Super Bowl. Hopefully the two of you get one together. Ralph, I appreciate that sentiment. I kind of wish I was there with you here in the Bay, but but thank you, Ralph. And you know, you, right, me, you always be the razor. It was only a two dollar super. We don't need an hour of. of, of, of. <laughs> we got we got this one too. Uh, bearded Niner Larry, that impression sounded like the principal from Beavis and Butthead. Sorry, very much, very much. I need a certain amount of water to get the get my impressions down. No, it was. Uh, look, it. We, we, two distinct voices that uh, dotted the radio airwaves kind of kind of <laughs> like we used to have larry distinct voices dotting the radio airwaves but here we are over on youtube and it's an awful lot of fun um this is this has been a fun start to a football season and we're going to get together again on friday to do a little cowboy preview um yes. we are of course going to be coming to you with another 49ers wake up the day after the cowboys game um Covering this team this year is going to be an awful lot of fun. They are everything, everything that you wanted Kyle Shanahan to do with his football team. He's doing this year. This is the year it's all coming together. So selling out future seasons again, I don't want to hear about, well, if you do this move, it'll be hard to repeat. You're not repeating anything. Win one Super Bowl and then worry about it. Um, it's big, year. Damon, because men, all these guys need it. Um, you know, Lynch has had a Hall of Fame career, but I think it, this would be the capper for him. I think Jed, um, obviously has had a lot of business success. He's been hailed as a success in many different corners of the business world, but he hasn't had the football success that Uncle Eddie has had. In in a lot of ways, I think Jed is a made man uh, with his own family. If he gets this done, Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL today that doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. He's probably a Hall of Fame type coach if he gets that ring. So and, and you know, his rival McVay has one, uh, you know, his his uh, play calling genius equal and Andy Reid has two. Um, you know, he was brought here with a clear, clear plan, which is don't win win the bowl don't win playoff games win the sixth lombardi and you know his contract extension will guarantee by the end that he's had a longer run here in san francisco than bill walsh so he's made lots of money he's gonna have great he's got great job security uh niner fans don't want him to go anywhere hopefully he'll be here for years to come but this is on the to-do list. This is on the this is the elusive uh, holy grail. And if these three men are able to to get this done, I think in a lot of ways it will complete. I mean, they're all, you know, I know I don't know Jed's family situation, but I do know that Kyle's very much a family guy. That John Lynch has raised a family. These people are going to be completely satisfied with their lives if they never win a ring. But this will be the professional capper to a great career. And for John, he's already a Hall of Famer, but this will make him, um, this will be the, I mean, John Lynch is a massive success. I mean, he could, he was a two-sport athlete at, at Stanford, could have played pro baseball, um, decided to play pro football, became a Hall of Famer, is, was damn good in the booth, left the booth, was totally an unproven entity as an executive, and has now established himself as one of the best general managers in the game. And if you ask the question, and I was going to talk about this yesterday with Lo Neal on the pregame show, and I didn't get a chance to because we got talking so much about the matchup. 
But if I said to you, Damon, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, is that the best combo head coach GM in the sport right now? And I would say that it probably is. Now, I know everybody's got their own feeling on exactly where these guys sit. Um, but I, I think if they're not the best, they're pretty damn close to the top of the heap when it comes to um, when it comes to you know the combination of of head coach GM. I mean, Howie Roseman and Sirianni. I was about to say um, Roseman and Sirianni would be the names that immediately. You know, th- those are the first two names that popped into my mind. But that's almost more on Roseman's reputation than it is even on Sirianni's. Um, yeah, I mean, Kansas City's obviously got to find Brett out. Brett Veach and Andy Reid. Yeah. I mean, uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Uh, Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh. Um, I mean, there's there's a few. Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan. Um, they, they, you know, I mean, hey, McVeigh and what's his face? McVeigh and, and, and Les Sneed. Yeah, and Sneed might be heard from before this year is over. So, uh, there's a lot of talent in this league. There is a ton of talent in the coaching box, in front office suites, and the Niners have as much talent dotting the entirety of their franchise in every aspect of their franchise, on every branch of their franchise, as any team in football. Again, they are, you know, in, in a how much of a model franchise can you be in week four? We don't know what the model's finished up, but the, the Niners are a model NFL franchise. Full stop. It's who they are. They are they are a team that more teams want to be more like than less like. You know, it's just who they are. They, they, they have married this concept of physical, violent football to a scheme that is the envy of offensive schemes that is producing 30-point scoring totals on the regular with a defense that is a bare-knuckle back-alley brawler who can absolutely beat you up. It's it's what you want from a football team. What do you think of this criticism, Damon? Batman 29 says, so much money in the D-line, yet where are the sacks? You know, I mean, it, we're in a league now, guys, where if you drop three steps and get the ball out, you can neutralize the 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 sack production of almost any defensive line in the game. I mean, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the ball come out quick. This is a um, new, this is the league's adjustment to the highly paid edge rusher and the premier position that that's become. Three step three step drop ball get out. That's the new way to live in, in the NFL. No doubt. Steven C says we had too many four man fronts on third down plays versus Dobbs question mark. I was hoping we'd bring Huff or Warner on a blitz for a few of those too many conversions. It was it. I think the Niners were content to allow the Cardinals to have long drives that consumed clock because I mean, think about this game yesterday. The game was over really fast. And I think that was by design. It's like, get in, get out, get the W, and get down the road. Well, and, you know, there was a question earlier in the chat where someone said, you know, it's all good with Brock right now. Let's see how he looks when he's down 14. Folks, any quarterback in this league is in trouble when they're down 14. Patrick Mahomes is in trouble down 14. You're all in trouble down 14. That's what this league is. There's you're in well, a and, lot and, of trouble and, when you're down two touchdowns. I don't care who well, you are, where you are, how good your team is, how good your coach is. You go down by 14 points. That's a game you're supposed to lose right there. Weren't that moment? Weren't they, weren't they down 10 in the fourth quarter to the Raiders um, in Vegas last year with Brock Purdy? Didn't they come back, tie the game, force overtime, and win it? Am, Maybe, I, but it's the am I losing my mind on that? Is that what did that not happen? Or again, if it oh. happened against the Raiders, who cares? You know, I mean, I don't mean to be insulting, <laughs> but seriously, the Raiders are the biggest cluster fucking football once again. So, by the way, Khalil Mack six sacks yesterday. How about that? Yeah, not a Raider. <laughs> not a Raider. <laughs> not a Raider. Was a Raider. Not a Raider. Who do you do it against? The Raiders. The Ra- The Raiders. The Raiders. Um, Damon, I'll, I'll say this to, um, you know, watching this 49er team right now, you, you, I don't feel like they've come together. 
I mean, they're four and zero. Have they had their signature game? I don't think so. I really don't. I I, I think there's a lot more there. I think there's more there. There. You know what, what I mean? You, what are you looking um, for? What What will be a fingerprint? that says that, that that will allow you to identify that as a signature game because to me Brock Purdy doing that while Christian McCaffrey does that that's pretty much a signature offensive game I think but I I guess you're just looking for a little bit more bare knuckle brawling from the defensive line is that what you're looking well, for well I'll, I'll say this I mean I, I think they've got some key pieces that we still need to see like I I think Womack and Luter could really add something to their secondary. Um, I you know I'd like to see a little bit more edge rush talent. Maybe Robert Beal. He'll he's on IR slated to return. Um, I, I'll say this too. I would love to see them with a true what their offense would look like with a true vertical threat out there. I mean they've got Danny Gray on the IR. Um, you know, just watching Rondale Moore do his thing with Arizona, I'd love to see the Niners add a Rondale Moore type type burner. Just a little bit more speed, maybe, to uh, you know, to to create more space for Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. I mean, the Niners have a tremendous, tremendous quarterback accuracy, um, and obviously really good weapons, but they're operating right now without Danny Gray, without that deep speed, without running somebody who can run off the top of the of a defense. And when you're watching the All-22, you can see them being defended a little bit. Like, they don't honor the deep ball quite as much. Um, I don't know. I, I, I There's little wrinkles, but I just think that I think the O-line can get better. I think you've got some young players and Banks and Burford and McKivitz that are going to get better as the season goes on. I think the defensive ends opposite Bosa. Um, like I was talking to Drake Jackson yesterday in the locker room, and I said, Drake, what would you give yourself? And you can watch the interview right now when we're done on YouTube. Um, I said, what, what kind of grade would you give yourself? The guy had three sacks in the opener. Yesterday, he almost intercepted a screen pass. He's like, gave himself like a C-. minus, You know, and... I just think that maybe there's one more edge piece that could be added to this mix to make them a little bit more ferocious up front um, as a rush as a group of rushers. I mean, Hargrave commands doubles. Bosa commands doubles. Armstead is maybe the most underrated player on the whole team, and Drake is a real nice young player. But the depth behind those guys, not great. Like when I was watching Dobbs get loose, and there was a couple times where Cleveland Farrell was right there. And Dobbs, I mean, he's not closing ground on Dobbs. Dobbs is running away from him. You know, you'd like to see a little bit more electric speed in your defensive ends than what the Niners possess with Hyder and Farrell. So, I don't know, maybe maybe a little bit more speed, uh, deep speed on offense, a little bit more speed off the edge, maybe a little bit more, uh, one more cover guy with some big-time speed. Maybe that's an internal thing, but I, I still think there's more there. I think they can get better. I really do. Well, they've got a lot of seasons still remaining in front of them. I mean, that's that's the, the only problem with the 49ers start is that all it is. It's a good start. They're not even at week five. There are 12 more weeks of football coming up after the Cowboys game, which will be no walk in the park. So this is an endurance test. This is a huge, 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 long military campaign that the 49ers are running and staying healthy to me, staying healthy is more important than any ad you could make. I mean, that, that that's pretty on the surface, obvious statement, but this team stays healthy. Sky's the absolute limit for them this year. I mean, I I'm agree. trying to not, get too far ahead of myself. I, I, you know, I, I, I take, I think that's fair though. That's a fair comment. Yeah. That's a fair Fair. comment. They have, they, if they can stay healthy, health is the number one ticket to the bowl. Stay healthy, take care of the football, stay focused, um, play smart. They're going to be favored in every game except for the Eagle game. I don't know. I'm not even sure about that. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Make you know, you're a, you're a gambler. Make a spread on Niners Eagles in Philly later this year. What do you think it's going to be? Pick them. Pick them. Wow. I mean, my, it, it, yeah. that, that feels I was like, going to say, I thought you were going to say like maybe Eagles minus one, something like that. 
I was so so what any home field advantage is supposed to be worth three points right there. So maybe the Niners are good enough to offset that and turn it into a pick 'em. Mike Monahan asks a question on the super chat, Damon. Which quarterback in the NFL makes it look as easy as Brock Purdy? What do you think? I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. Yeah. Josh I mean, Allen looks damn good, man. Caleb Williams at USC made it look pretty easy yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Lopez, not sure if it was mentioned yet, but Niners didn't have to kick a field goal yesterday. Who was more responsible for our recent red zone success, Brock or McCaffrey? It's the two of them working together. I mean, that's the thing. We live in an age where everyone wants to identify the one person who did the job. The Niners are so much more than one person doing the job. It's how all these pieces fit together. That's what makes them special. That's what makes red zone execution go bonkers because if Christian McCaffrey is lined up, you know, behind Brock Purdy and then all of a sudden motions out, the amount of attention you have to pay to that, the amount of eye candy, the amount of I, I've never seen, by the way, a fullback go in motion more than what Kyle Juszczyk was doing yesterday. He was running all over the place. By the way, the one element of the television broadcast, because Larry, you're at the stadium. I'm at home watching the game. The one element of the television broadcast that was most helpful and most interesting was when they pointed out that Kyle Juszczyk's dogs are named mozzarella and pierogi. You got to root for that. <laughs> You got to like dogs named mozzarella and pierogi. That, that's solid. Uh, one of my favorite moments in that game is when, when, when use tried to go airborne over the line of scrimmage and he kind of got shut down. And then Kyle was like, yeah, we're just going to sneak it in with Purdy on the next play. Uh, so Purdy had a rushing touchdown to go along with a near perfect afternoon. But look, here's how quickly it comes and goes in this league. And it, to say that Brock Purdy's game yesterday is now a harbinger of all that is to come is fool's gold. Let's not get too over our skis, but we're trying to appreciate a moment in the vacuum in which it's happening. And yesterday, Brock Purdy had a moment, a historically significant NFL moment with a completion percentage that was the fourth greatest completion percentage, minimum 20 attempts the league has ever seen. He was incredible. This offense is cooking with a point production that is mirroring the most successful point producing offense the NFL has ever seen. Brock Purdy is now being compared to some shit that Peyton Manning did, not just great 49er quarterbacks. He is at the helm of something that has come together so spectacularly here over a sustained course now of 14 regular season games. Larry, they win their next two games. It's an undefeated regular season of old school football when they used to play 16 games. I mean, it's remarkable. Remarkable. By the it's way, Mitchell and Nessus, 27-17 Niners. That's his prediction. Adrian drops a, I miss saying, who's got it better than us? Uh, Cheese said, yeah, Brock's doing great, but dink and dunk, though. Always, always drip, 805. Niners 33, Cowboys 20. That sounds right. That sounds right about right. Um, I, 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 I think that's that's probably a pretty solid prediction right there. Um, yeah, I mean, this these are good days, a lot of fun. We're going to talk a lot of Niners. I'll be down there Wednesday and Thursday talking to the players and bringing some of that to the YouTube channel. Damon and I will reconvene on Friday. Um, man, good show today, man. Good show. Lots of good wow. stuff. Two hours went by fast. It always two, does. Two Larry. hours, a thousand people in the room still. I mean, just an amazing, an amazing outpouring of support for you and I from the audience. Thank you to every single one of you guys. By the way, uh, Dame, here's a note, here's a note from Kevin Kruger, your son, who passed along the note that in our 9 a.m. hour, we had more than a thousand viewers in our combined room since we're doing a simulcast. Meanwhile, uh, 95.7 The Game was at 820 viewers and KNBR at 340. So, Larry, we are bigger than both sports talk radio stations combined doing what we're doing over here on YouTube. And if that's not disruption, if that doesn't show you the direction in which the entire world is marching, I don't know what more possibly could. We're bigger than the sports leader. <laughs> Who's go. got it better than us? 
Deep Bruce radio stations. I'm off to the gym. I, I'm I'm gonna do two plates today. Two twenty five. I'm coming back, baby. How, how many times? I'm coming back. back. How many times What's, you putting up two twenty five today? Yeah. Without a spot, zero. Um, I would say with a spot, two. Uh, but within three weeks, I'm thinking five reps. Um, five reps at two twenty five. I'm I'm getting back in the gym, man. I'm throwing around the plates. I'm gonna be something someday, Damon. I'm, Larry's going five and zero. Oh, everybody, there's no doubt about it. It's that kind of commitment to the grind that separates Larry Kruger from most of your average sports talk hosts out there. Larry, you're the best. Congratulations again on the success. I know that you just eclipsed what twenty six thousand, whatever it was. Twenty six. Twenty six million. No, no. Twenty four thousand. We're headed towards twenty five thousand. Check out the Krug Show. Check out Damon Bruce's channel. Damon, maybe off to the gym. Big day, big two hours. Should we put? Should should we fire the clothes? We got a brand new clothes. We'll fire the clothes. We'll tell everyone to get their acai bowl one more time at Palmetto Superfoods. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait. 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 Back. Uh, Well, here's the thing. I will be with you in about an hour. Here on uh, the Damon Bruce Plus, I'm going to be doing my show. Then I'm heading over to Warriors Media Day, so we'll have some more stuff. We'll talk a little basketball before this day is over, but it is Cowboys week. Larry and I are going to bring you a special preview show on Friday. We will be back at it on our own postgame shows after the Cowboys game on Sunday Night Football, and then we'll be right back at it next Monday here on 49ers Wake Up. Excellent job by Kevin Kruger producing this today. Fantastic job all the way around. Larry Kruger, you were all right. I was decent. (laughs) The audience was amazing. And I thank you very much for tuning in today. Larry, take us out. Peace.